Welcome to SEC Football Live here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. That is special guest Stephen Lassen from Athlon Sports. You and I have worked together since 2007, almost 20 years. We have been talking about college football uh, and uh, looking forward to having you on the show today, man. So uh, good to see you. Glad, glad you're here, buddy. How are you? I am doing well, Braden. Thanks, as always, for having me on. I don't know if I should say thank you, though, for giving me this agonizing exercise of trying to rank the programs in the SEC, because right behind coaches, it's probably one of the more agonizing exercises that uh, we do every offseason. But I enjoy it, and it's a little oh. different this year uh, with the two new teams coming in the league. Well, we we, we did our All-American and All-Conference quarterbacks on our other product, the Cover 2 podcast from Math on Sports. You can check that out. Uh, of course, you can get all the SEC quarterback rankings on this here YouTube page on 440 Sports. That'll be up this week, so make sure you check that out. You and I have ranked uh, all of the coaches, uh, and we're going to continue to do all kinds of stuff uh, when it comes to rankings all summer long. we got dream road trips coming up. So please give us a while, while we're here, before we get into how you should evaluate what a program is, and what makes a program great or a job great or the ability to win a national championship or not, and how we use what are sort of the metrics we use to evaluate all this stuff, uh, please click that little subscribe button uh, or share it on Twitter or Facebook, wherever it is that you may be watching. That allows more people to get into the conversation and get into the comments as we already have Bo in here. Good to see you, Bo. Uh, always, uh, always, uh, and listen, Texas A&M, Bo's a big A&M fan, Stephen. He so will like have, my list probably then. We we're gonna Texas AM is one of the most difficult to pinpoint in this entire conversation. So lots of stuff. So hit hit share, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or, or YouTube, but give us a subscription as well. And Stephen, where can the good folks find you and all of your great work? You can follow me on Twitter at Athlon Stephen. You can also follow me over on Facebook and Instagram, Stephen L CFB at YouTube, all CFB365. And be sure to keep an eye out on the newsstand because that Athlon Sports preview magazine is coming soon. It'll be sometime in May, but you know, before you know it, it'll be time. Yep, there you go. Uh, there's Bo. Good to see you, Bo. Uh, so uh we, so here's the deal. We're gonna look at all 16 teams. All 16 programs in the SEC. And Stephen, you and I and a variety of other folks from Athlon have been doing this for a long time, where we try to look at like ranking the job, the coaching job, the head coaching job, and sort of it's the same as ranking the program. And it's not all history, but it's some history. It's not all current. Ro it's no current roster or, or sort of sanctions or things that can change. It doesn't involve, like, who's your athletic director, for example, which can change. You hire a shitty athletic director, you can fire that shitty athletic director and hire a good athletic director. Those things change fast. A great coach can step in and recruit at a high level if you have a few things. And so it's more about measuring a program on those few things that create an environment for success for a head coach to come in and win a championship. Uh, one of the best ways I, I have found to describe this is, if you put Nick Saban at all 16 programs at the SEC, who wins the national championship first? And then you sort of order it that way. Now, that's a really dumbed down sort of reductive way of doing it. But it does it does sort of give you a sense of what we're trying to accomplish here, which is not like, is Arkansas better than South Carolina as a program? We can look at wins. We can look at fan support. We can look at trajectory. We can look at recruiting base. We can look at a lot of things. And beauty is sometimes, from a head coaching standpoint, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So we'll get to sort of our definition, Stephen, but really a lot of this is we can try to be objective, but it's hard to be objective when you're talking about where do you want to live? Where does your family want to live? And what sort of environment do you want to coach in? 
Yeah, I think to your point, one of the the two kind of words or tests I kept coming back to is it's eye of the beholder. You know, a lot of this is your rankings are going to differ from mine. They're subjective, but they're, we're both going to be right because of some of these factors. But there are some sort of kind of like non-negotiables, I think, that you have to get into when you look at these jobs, such as like, what is your recruiting base? What are the resources? What's your money situation? Uh, to your point, you know, we're not evaluating current athletic director. We're not evaluating uh, current roster talent. But also, also, I think you're looking at the ingredients. Are, are the ingredients there to be a championship team? You, you've kind of used the term championship DNA a lot. And so that's kind of when I start thinking about these jobs is do they check off the boxes? Do, if I'm a head coach and you know I'm the most arrogant head coach you can possibly think of, like I believe I can win anywhere. This yeah. is my list, like one through 16. But they have to meet those uh, criteria which is sort of you know resources i do think your history and your track record play a part in that because it sort of tells us a story about some of these jobs but it's not the only thing and that'll probably come into play on some of these jobs but i think the nick saban test is really kind of the the right way to word it like if he was a yep. free agent head coach and we went to him one through 16 in the sec that's kind of how i, I viewed this list where would he want to be a head coach and try to win a national championship Absolutely. And so uh, you said the, the magic words there, which is national championship DNA. And I I think, I mean, we can call them blue bloods, you know, whatever. Uh, adding Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, I, I think there are nine programs in the SEC that can win a national championship, that have national championship DNA. And to your point about history, history is more of a proof of concept than anything else. It sort of solidifies what we are. Florida, for example, is an interesting one. Because historically, Florida is not anywhere close to, to a lot of these programs in the SEC. But we know that when they are great, they can be unstoppable, that they are one of the best jobs in America. So it's it, it they're, they're more there's more recency there with a program like Florida or even Florida State and Miami, just the entire state there. Uh, again, I would argue I put a lot more weight on a couple of different time frames. Number one, since integration. OK, love you. Love you, Ole Miss. Love you guys. Great program. Wonderful place to live. Absolutely great place to, to be a head coach. Uh, wonderful place to go to a game as a fan. Great recruiting base. Lots of resources, et cetera, et cetera. But again, the only national championship you got was before we integrated the sport. <laughs> so, so that's a factor. I think the other one is around the BCS era in 1998, that the game changed the internet, the dollars, the money, the coverage of the sport. Like everything changed around the turn of the century. And so I sort of put... A lot of weight on the last 25 years, a little more weight on the last 50, and then sort of the rest of it is kind of like, okay, all right, we've seen you win championships in different eras with different rules, and that is sort of the proof of concept to what national championship DNA really is. Now, I define national championship DNA as very simply, do you have access to great players, or how good is your access to great players, and do you have unlimited resources? Because they all it goes hand in hand. Your resources connect you to your players. Your players connect you to a championship. So that's how I would define blue blood is do you have national championship DNA, which is unlimited resources and access to players. Do you, I guess a, a curious question here is, I know you mentioned the BCS era and how much weight you put on it. Did you put a little bit of extra emphasis on sort of what I would say is like the new modern era of college football with transfer portal NIL? Um, did that factor more, I guess, into the broad BCS scope of that? Or did you take that at kind of th those two factors at all into consideration? Because to your point on Ole Miss, like I think what we're seeing this year with the fact they are all in 
NIL going to the season. I don't know that it weighs heavily, but if it's a trend as we go forward, then that I think that has to weigh into the job to to some extent, don't you? I I think it can't. I didn't want to put too much weight on like state legislation. Gotcha. Because I think ultimately we're going to have the same rules at some point. So like Missouri would get a bump. Texas A&M and Texas would get a bump for their NIL rules or their sort of intake of NIL, maybe quicker. Tennessee would get a bump because their NIL is so much stronger. Kentucky, maybe not. But ultimately we are going to be in the same place with the same rules for all 16 teams. And frankly, probably for all, you know, whatever the top tier of college football is, right? Like 40, 50 teams, whatever that number is, we're going to have the same rules. Now, what's interesting about that is does, does that, does that change in influence sort of this national championship DNA, the other direction, which is the, the reason the NFL is so successful is that it's the most socialist sport in all of, all of America, which is that they, they have all these guidelines on investing resources, which we know is not how college football works. It's how tall, first it was just how tall is your waterfall? Then it was how much can you pay assistance? Now it's how much can you pay the backup quarterback? How much can you pay your current left guard? So if, if ultimately we have a salary cap or recruiting expenditure, you know, budget or something that might actually hurt the teams at the top because we know that the teams at the top spend more money than everybody else and are frankly more inefficient than some of these other programs. So with all, that's already 10 or 12 minutes here of us debating sort of the merits of the rankings and what does it mean? I just want everyone to understand how we evaluate this stuff. And it's not just like, you know, Georgia's the best program in America right now. So they're number one. They got the best players. They got Carson Beck. Like that's not what this is about. This is if you have a clean roster, same exact NIL rules, basically, uh, you know, you put Nick Saban at all 16 jobs. Where does he win the championship the fastest? And I think we could start at number 60 because, because I have lines of demarcation. Again, I have a nine, I have nine teams that have national champ, championship DNA and I've got seven that do not. And then there's one at the very bottom tier that's on its own. And unfortunately, if we, and we talked about this last week on the show with Chris Childers, uh, relegation is getting more and more top talk right now if these leagues expand and Vanderbilt is far and away the worst program in this conference. We're not breaking any, any news here. We don't really need to explain it. They are just number 16 on the list. So that was the easiest decision for me on the list and not to pick on Vanderbilt. Um, obviously I think you kind of summarized it well, but obviously academic challenges, the fan support is not there. I do think there is a kind of a window of, I don't want to say optimism or opportunity here because there's no concern about finances coming into the program. You know, the fact that they're in the SEC, they have a seat at the table at the most powerful, most lucrative conference. There should be opportunities uh, to put that back into the program. And we're sort of seeing that now with some of the facility things, but still uh, by far the most challenging yeah. job in the SEC. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Bo chimes in, not going to lie. AM was better prepared for this window of pay for play than most. We've been doing this for decades. Yes. And that is true for a lot of power <laughs> programs. Um, Alabama was honestly kind of slow on the uptick, honestly, uh, to, to be to be clear about some of this. But again, some of that was I'm going to be careful about it. Some of that was Saban. Some of that may be changing. They, they might be ramping up the way Ohio State was ramping up, for example. Uh, let's work our way up here, Stephen, because I, I think there are two teams that are next on the list. Uh, maybe three. Uh, so I'm curious who you have in this next group of teams that you're debating for, you know, 15th, 14th, 13th, as we move our way up. I have three. Uh, I'll throw them out and I'll throw them out in the order that I have them at. I'll start at the bottom I, at 15. 
I don't feel great about it, but I've got Missouri. I've got Mississippi State at 14, and I've got Kentucky at 13. Uh, I don't think there is a ton of separation here between these jobs. I think they're all pretty even. I think if you you want to make the case for Kentucky, I think Kentucky kind of understands where it is in the SEC food chain. You know, the fact that Mark Stoops has such a generous contract and you know, he's the winningest coach in the SEC. I don't think the expectations are too high. I do wonder if they are increasing a little bit uh, from his success and what it might mean going forward. Mississippi State's a hard job. It's been in the SEC West. I think it might get a little bit easier uh, without divisions going forward. I, I think the, the thing about Mississippi State that's always stood out to me, and this is true for a lot of jobs, Mississippi State has the want to. Like They have the fan support. They have the willingness to win. They've done things to improve facilities. It's still just a hard job. And I mentioned um, Missouri at 15. I, I don't feel great about putting Missouri at 15. I mean, you get access to St. Louis uh, talent. Uh, like you mentioned, the friendly NIL state law, uh, they've played for the SEC championship two times. So I don't know. These, these three jobs are really, really close. Uh, wh- where are you feeling on these, uh, three jobs? I, I had, I think, I think you're right. I agree that they're close. I, I had Kentucky at 15, Mississippi state at 14 and Missouri at 13. And I think we can have a debate about all the different elements here. I want to go back to just real quickly, Vanderbilt, just for a second, uh, 46.5% of the time in the history of their program is, is their winning percentage. That is dead last out of 16. They have been to nine bowl games. That is dead last by double. The next lowest team is Kentucky at 23 bowl games. They have never won 10 games in a season. Um, at least Mississippi state's done that three times. And then South Carolina and Kentucky have had four 10 win seasons. Vanderbilt has never done it. They have never won a conference championship. Everyone else in the league has at least had one conference championship and their average attendance a couple of years ago was 29,000 people. They have such a small alumni base. So now we get to the three Missouri, Mississippi state and Kentucky. Look, they're, they're all between 53 and 60,000 seat stadiums. I think Kentucky's now has gotten bigger and is a hard sellout after all the renovations that they've done, which again is more of an indication of the fan support than anything else. Um, they, they've, Missouri has by far the most on-field success of the three programs. They've also been in the SEC for the fewest amount of years. They have a higher winning percentage. They've won a ton more games. They've been to 36 bowl games, seven multiple 10-win seasons, and of course, 12 conference championships if you go back to you know some of the other conferences they've been in. Uh, I, I had a really tough time with this. I, I think Mississippi State has maybe the best recruiting base and maybe the best fans of all three of them. But they have they also are the, in the most saturated market for all of that. And Starkville is just a really tough place to live and, and operate. It's it's a it's an outpost. I had a tough time with these. I, what's a better recruiting base? Kentucky, when you're going up against Ohio State, you got Louisville in the state, you got Tennessee recruiting your state, or is it Missouri? Which where would you rather recruit? Probably Mississippi. I think if nothing else, you get access to the JUCOs. No, I, I said that's the best right. one. I'm saying between yeah. Kentucky and Missouri. Oh, Missouri. Just between just between Kentucky and Missouri, which one's the best recruiting base? I don't know. Probably Missouri. I mean, uh, access to St. Like I said, access to St. Louis. That's a pretty lucrative. And and of course, Missouri's done really well uh, the last couple of recruiting cycles there. So I, I'd probably lean Missouri. But I don't know. It's close, don't you think? I I think it's very close. I think I could yeah. argue Kentucky because of the Ohio. But Missouri is the big, prominent in-state brand, which I think is, is is a value to them. So here's what I would say. The reason I have Missouri at 13, Mississippi State 14, Kentucky 15. I have them even, essentially. Uh, Missouri has more on-field success over time. 
I think they have as good, if not better, long-term fan support and resources than Kentucky because a lot of those, a lot of Kentucky's resources are fairly new to the game. It's the last like ten years. It basically is Mark Stoops, right? Right. Now they've had pockets of success: Bear Bryant, Tim Couch, etc. I think Mississippi State sort of like, I, if you look at history, success, recruiting base, and resources and fan base, I could argue Missouri's the best of all three of them. I think Mississippi State's recruiting base is is to your point the best. But everyone else is in there all the time. You, Alabama's yeah. just down the road. LSU's down the road. Ole Miss is number one brand in the state. Uh, so I actually think Missouri has a better hold of its base. And again, far more on-field success when it comes to 10-win seasons, bowl games, championship com- competition. They won the division multiple times, which is more than Mississippi State and Kentucky combined. <laughs> um, and of course, we just saw them do it in the modern era as well, just last year. Also, don't forget that Mississippi State was number one in the college football playoff rankings that year. Not not that that individual season matters a ton, but I mean, still, you, you look at, the like we said, the modern era and you see the success that Dan Mullen and Mike Leach have both had. So I think offensive minded coaches have done pretty well there. I, I do think on terms of expectations out of this trio, I do think that Kentucky probably has the lowest if that's fair, because like I mentioned with Mark Stoops, he has that generous contract where it was rolling over at certain seven, eight win uh, type of season. So I don't, I don't know if that's fair or not, but if I'm a head coach, it's kind of appealing that I think Kentucky's done a good job of building up the facilities. I think they has maybe some room to grow in NIL, but at the same time, if you're, if you're a coach and you're getting that good of a contract and you sort of understand like, Hey, it's a basketball school, the expectations are kind of in check that's kind of one of the reasons why I went with this job at 13, considering there's not a ton of, uh, there's not a ton of space between these three, I think. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And again, I think Mississippi state sort of just, again, oldest stadium in all of college football history. Um, but they've got their own brand with the cowbells. The, the fans are spectacular. Um, so I think it's a tough debate between these three, but I do think it's those three, that are at 13, 14, and 15. You and I can de- have, have some dis- disagreements here, but unfortunately, I think that's where those are. I, I don't know. I don't know if, and here's the other thing. I don't know if they can grow. I, I don't think the three of them can move up. I do agree that with the note with no divisions, that does benefit Miss- Mississippi State, where it was a tougher job in the West. I think being in the, the conference as a whole, that's different now. I, I think all of these are going to be based on how's your schedule shake out this year? is now going to be the thing is Missouri maybe the one that has the most upside though in this trio. Yes. I, I would think if like resources, right, hire, right. Recruiting could all hit. I mean, that's all, what's happening right now. Yeah. And also I, I don't, I mean, maybe with Texas coming in the league, Oklahoma, Arkansas, that I think that they should be able to recruit Texas very well, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit more uh, with those teams in the league. So, so, so have I talked to you into Missouri over Kentucky, better recruiting base, just as many resources, they're their own brand in the state, and they've got more success on the field, winning by, by a fairly large margin over Kentucky and Mississippi State. Uh, and the fans, again, 54,000, 53,000 for Mississippi State, 60,000, but that stadium's pretty new for Kentucky in terms of hard sellouts. I, I think Missouri's more of a football product than, than Kentucky is. I don't know. Right. Have I convinced you? Maybe. I agree with that, though. I think Missouri definitely, from a football school perspective, I don't I mean Mississippi State's there, but I think Missouri probably more so than Kentucky. So, okay. All right. Uh, all right. The next three I thought were clearly the next three, but 
I and I and I feel comfortable with the order, but I also understand, just like with our last group, that there's a very good debate here with these three. So I'll give you mine. I have South Carolina at 12, I have Ole Miss at 11, and I have Arkansas at 10. I could see Ole Miss being at 10. South Carolina, my issue with South Carolina, they are the the they're they're not Texas AM. Texas AM's in a different tier. But South Carolina, to me, is one of the most fascinating programs in history because they have all of the things that we really care about when it comes to evaluating a program. I mean, 75,000 strong, great game day atmosphere, deep, rich, fertile recruiting territory in the Deep South. Um, They were in the East for a long time when there was a lot of upward mobility. And yet they have won, I believe, what, one division. They've won one conference championship. and I think that was like in the ACC or something. Four 10-win seasons ever, 25 bowl games is a good number there. Um, Like, they've got everything you could possibly need, but they are, they have walked, talked, and acted like a bottom-tier program for most of their entire existence, except for on game days, when the fans are among the best in the country. So I, I don't know what to make of South Carolina. Ole Miss has way more track record of success for forever. On the field, winning percentage, bowl games, 10-win seasons, more than double the number of 10-win seasons. They've been in the SEC for longer. Um, and Arkansas is w- way more accomplished than, than any of these other these other two. So I, it's very difficult to, to evaluate South Carolina. The, these three were very difficult to sort out. To your point, I think you could make a case for any of these 10 and any of these 12 and feel good about it. They should all be right in a row if you're doing these on a national level. But that's my three. I had the same three, uh, so that makes me feel a little bit better that we're uh, in concert here with the one of three of the more difficult jobs. I've always been intrigued by Arkansas because you know they've they're the fact that they're the only sort of Power Five or Power Four now uh, school in the state of Arkansas. It's a massive brand. The fan base loves obviously the Hogs on basketball or football, and they've got the facilities like they sort of like we talked about with Mississippi state. They have the want to, they just don't have that in-state recruiting base. So you have to be good at dipping into Texas and some of Louisiana and some of the other uh, areas. I like Ole Miss at, at 11 and South Carolina at 12. Um, It was again, these are difficult to sort out. I think what's interesting about Ole Miss is, you know, they've, Lane Kiffin just had the highest win total in, in Ole Miss history. A lot of success in 50, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. The big gap of, you know, eh. So uh, there's room to grow since, here. Since, since integration. Right. <laughs> there's some room to to grow here in the modern era of college football. And to your point, I think South Carolina, um, you know, four seasons of 10-plus wins, all since 1984. Love the fan support. Great base of talent. You can go to Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee. It's all there. Um, but just the sort of high-level success, only one appearance in the SEC championship game, it's just not there. This is a really solid job, but I yeah. got it 12th as well. Well, also, you can get fired and make a whole lot of money. Uh, so all these jobs are really, really good jobs rel- relative to the to the rest of the country. But again, South, like Ole Miss, 56,000 uh, average attendance, only you know, nine 10-win seasons, 41 bowl games, so far more success than South Carolina. Um, in terms of wins on the field, South, Ole Miss is close to a top twenty-five program nationally. South Carolina is not really, um, and it's and it's interesting. Like even those ten wins that you're talking about, like I think three of them came all in under Connor Shaw and Steve Spurrier. So you even yeah. much like Mark Stoops has sort of been the only thing in the modern era for Kentucky that sort of gotten the program over the hump to a different tier. 
it all you can say, hey, four 10 win seasons. But if all three of them happen with the same quarterback and the same coach back to back to back, it's it's hard to say that anyone else has done ever has ever been able to accomplish what South Carolina in your brain should be able to accomplish, which is, again, an extraordinary fan base. Arkansas is Arkansas is basically South Carolina with a deeper tradition, deeper history, uh, maybe a, m- more of a dominance in state, but less talent in state and a deeper tie to their, their, you know, right next door to their big recruiting base, which is Texas, South Carolina, right next to Florida. And maybe Texas is, is more football crazy. I, I don't know. I, I think Arkansas, it's hard to look at their track record over the last 50 years, even pre sec and see the number of championships they've competed for 12, 10 win seasons, 44 bowl games, a 58% winning percentage, which is like near the top of the conference top 25 all-time and wins in college football history, elite resources, and we've seen multiple coaches win pretty big there over the years. So I think Arkansas and Ole Miss are clearly ahead of South Carolina, but I cannot, I, I still cannot put my finger on why South Carolina has not maximized its ability more, more often, I guess. I think you could look at South Carolina in that Spurrier era as sort of this is what it could be with the right coach. And I also, it's I guess it's appropriate we're debating Arkansas and South Carolina since they came into the league at the same time. If they're sort of almost even that we think in terms of this job hierarchy, I would be curious. And with each one of these jobs, I sort of debated: does the 16 teams does it hurt? Does it help? Does divisions hurt or help? I would I think Arkansas it may help them a little bit. Yep, I think South Carolina maybe it's a wash. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a wash. I, I think. It's Arkansas not having to play Alabama and, and some of those other uh, West Giants every year will help, but they're going to be. I mean, we'll see if the SEC goes to nine games. They'll be playing Texas and Oklahoma. So, I mean, it's it's tough either way, but maybe it helps a little bit with the no divisions for Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Bo says uh, Bo's got uh, who's an a, again an A and M guy. Uh, Ole Miss gets less fan support than SEC than South Carolina. It's just the size of the stadium, and I think it's a it's a it's also a, a, the size of the market. Like Columbia, South Carolina is a much bigger city. And of course, yeah. Ole Miss, where Memphis is really like the biggest city in the area. A lot of Ole Miss grads will end up going to Memphis to work after school. Um, it, it's just I've kind I've kind of come to appreciate Ole Miss more. Like I've always loved the program. I've loved going to games. It's just a, a beautiful place to watch a college football game for all in all senses of the word. The aesthetics, but as you like to say, are very it's, it's wonderful. But I also think that they get undervalued a little bit. Because I think the stadium's kind of been quaint and the fan base isn't as like obnoxious. I think it's like it it doesn't get as much respect nationally for sort of their historical su- success, I think. So, but I think again, having them at 10 or 11 is not exactly like giving them, you know, a, a national championship ring here. So. I mean, these are probably what fringe top 25 jobs like Arkansas, South Carolina, and Ole Miss are probably somewhere in that. What seventeen through twenty five stretch? No, no, no. 20, 20, th- 20, 23 to thirty. Okay, is where I'd put so, it. I don't think I don't think any of them are top. Like if you're if you're talking about eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, you're talking about Oregon. You're talking about Washington. You're talking about maybe UCLA, and and I could argue Arkansas is better than UCLA. You're probably talking about Wisconsin and Iowa. Two two very big. You know, there's a lot of wins in those two programs. So, uh, although Bert, old Bert Bielema did leave Wisconsin to go to Arkansas. So there's that to consider. Um, so I, I think Arkansas is, is got a, a case for being a top 25 program. I'm not sure Ole Miss or South Carolina do, but they're getting closer and 
the more we move along in this exercise as the years go on, the more being in the Big Ten or the SEC is important. It's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's I was looking at sort of a rough top 25 list. I think that you and I put together at some point in the last couple of years. Yes, I save all my notes, um, but I, I, I we had, I think, South Carolina and Arkansas and Ole Miss as sort of in that 20 through 25 yeah. range. And most of it is Big Ten and SEC in the Florida States, Clemson's and Notre Dame's outside of that. All right, so we have the same nine programs that are above the double dotted line. I've got the double dotted line there, which is like the the, the haves and the have nots, unfortunately, in in this conference. And I think there are three on the top, like maybe a separate tier on the top. And I think we agree on who those three are. So let's let's flip back to the top. And do you agree that there are three programs, three jobs that are better than everybody else in the SEC? Yes. I have three in tier one. I'm going to say this in alphabetical order (laughs) for the sake to to start the conversation. Alabama, Georgia, and Texas. Are those the top three? Yes, that's what I have. Okay, that's what I got as well. So there are only three programs, according to Forbes, in college football that are worth over a billion dollars as a brand, as a company, you know, whatever you want to call it. And that is Ohio State, Alabama, in Texas. They're the only three programs that are worth over a billion dollars in terms of like, you know, hey, the Dallas Cowboys are worth $8 billion. Like, what are these college football programs worth? Those are the only three. And I think you could argue Ohio State is the best job in America because of its total dominance over, over the Big Ten over the last however many years. Like, it's so clearly the best job in the Big Ten that I think it, you could argue it's number one overall. The debate here is that Alabama, Texas, and Georgia, all three of them could be considered number one in the country. Number two, number three, number four. I think Ohio State's the only team in America that is on the same tier as these three, even with, I don't know who else would even be in the mix. I don't think Penn State or Michigan or Notre Dame are there. I don't think USC is there. I don't think other, Florida State, maybe, I I don't know. Being in the ACC is such an anchor around your neck at this point. I, I honestly think it is. Alabama, Texas, Georgia, and Ohio State are the best four programs in college football. The best, you know, Nick Saban goes to those four programs and can win almost every year. Yeah, that's the three that I have. And if we're doing this list nationally, Ohio State would be the only one that I would put on that same tier. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, I felt like, I mean, when you and I did this discussion maybe like 10 years ago, I think there was some chatter about Florida being in that top tier. When Urban was there, they were... They were absolutely in the top tier. So it is interesting, and, and I know we'll get to Florida, just to some of the challenges, I think, around this job in this era. But it, it is interesting to see how over the last maybe 10 to 15 years, how this list has evolved a little bit, too. But for me, I think when I was sit, sitting down to debate this, I think there are three at the top. It's clear it's Georgia, Alabama, and Texas in some order. And then the next, I think, three or four are kind of in a tier just beyond that, but those are all top 10 jobs as well. Like if you go, whoever is probably the seventh or eighth uh, best job in this conference is still top 10, top 12 nationally. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. I, the debate between Bama, Texas and, and Georgia is interesting. T- Texas is the most powerful athletic department in the country. They're the only one that was able to force ESPN to launch their own network. They were the only one that forced the entire destruction of, of a conference by and large. Um, they have the most money. They raise the most money. They generate the most revenue. They have over a hundred thousand seat stadium. Like Texas is the most powerful, 
but it has not been as successful as Alabama. Alabama is the most successful football program in the history of college football. The two greatest dynasties in the history of the game have happened in Tuscaloosa for a reason. There's a reason that happens. 979 wins, number one all time. By the way, Michigan right behind him at 978, by the way. <laughs> Just one, <laughs> one win behind. 77 bowl games for Alabama. 44 10-win seasons. <laughs> at 30 conference championships. Uh, and obviously all the national titles. More national titles than anybody else. I find it difficult. Texas, financially, in the future, moving forward, is as powerful as anybody. But for whatever reason, Alabama has been better. I, I would go Alabama 1, Texas 2. Now, I know you're going to make the case for Georgia. Georgia just doesn't have the same numbers as all these other guys. They're not worth as much as a program. They don't have, they have half as many conference championships. They have half as many, basically half as many 10-win uh, seasons. They do have 62 bowl, bowl appearances, and they are ninth all-time in terms of wins. They've now done it with multiple coaches over the last 40 years to win national championships. I think the shift in population to the state of Georgia and Athens just simply being a far better place to live than Tuscaloosa might be the best argument for Georgia because it is almost impossible to decipher between these three as to which job is better. Yeah, I think one of the factors when I sat down to do this was Texas because I did I considered them at one, two, and three. And I kept coming back to a Georgia versus Alabama argument because those two teams have done it in the SEC. But there's all this potential around Texas. I mean, to your point, I mean, you could just go down the list of resources, the money, the talent, everything is there. Why hasn't everything hit? And I think that brings me back to Georgia and also to Alabama. The alignment word, which is so critical at some of these jobs. I mean, really for national championship purposes, and we'll get to some other jobs in the SEC that have had issues with alignment at times in recent years. But I think Georgia, like the potential has always been there to be a great college football job. And it took a, a coach like Kirby Smart to take all those factors. And now they're operating at a level where they are the team to beat. They are the program to beat. Um, everything is pulling in the right direction. The facilities, um, they spent an insane amount of money on recruiting nationally. We saw that with this year's class for Georgia, being able to go get anyone you want and not have to just, even though the state of Georgia has great players, they can go nationally and do that. And you mentioned the population too. I think we're seeing every year, when you start looking at blue chip talent, the state of Georgia yep. just keeps yep. moving up the list. So for me, it's college town, alignment, facilities, the potential has sort of been realized. And that's why I like Georgia at one. But I don't disagree if you have Alabama or Texas, though. I, I mean, look, I, I lived in Austin, so I'm a little partial. I love Austin, but they've got some like affordable. I mean, they've got, you know, big city problems now. Um, Athens is the best place to live and operate. And Georgia has passed California in terms of blue chip talent production that they are now on par it's not a big three in recruiting california texas and florida when i got started in the recruiting business it was the big three and everybody else by a large margin georgia has closed that as a state it is now better than california in terms of producing talent it is on the same plane as texas and florida almost i still think florida has the best athletes i think texas has the most commitment to like development like they they care about high school football more than anybody else does so like they have more money spent on facilities in high school and coaching and strength and conditioning and everything else. Whereas I think Florida has slightly better athletes. I think Georgia is sort of second to both of them, right? Like second, right. Second in terms of talent, 
to Florida, second in terms of commitment to Texas. So I think the three of them are the best. California, I think, might actually be fourth in every category now. So that is the argument. I mean, again, Athens and the state of Georgia changing over time is the argument for Georgia. They just haven't had the same level. Of, like, no one has had the same level of success as Alabama. Nobody. It's not close. And so I, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to not have Alabama as, as, as the number one program in America. I, I mean, again, like there is a reason that all the best dynasties in the history of the game have happened in the same place. I don't know. So I think one of the interesting factors about this list is going to be in five years from now, what does the modern era of Alabama look like yeah. without the greatest coach of all time? And we saw this after Nick Saban retired was there was a lot of chatter about trying to catch up in NIL. So that's the task for Kalen DeBoer is to get this program sort of in some of these areas, maybe, maybe the where they are just a little bit behind to get them caught up. But as far as the Alabama job goes, I think maybe one of the only, when you're trying to decipher between Georgia, Texas, and Alabama, the in-state recruiting base for Alabama is strong, but it's not as strong as Georgia. And it's not as strong as Texas. That's true. Um, but they've got the fan support. They've got the tradition. They've got the resources. Basically, I would say they want to win national championships and they're willing to do whatever they can to do so. <laughs> yes. So that yes. should, that is that weighs heavily into all of this. Um, but I think it will yep. be interesting to see without the two, the two of the greatest coaches at one and two bear Bryant, and Nick Saban. Now that the greatest coach of the modern era is gone, what does the yeah. Alabama and Kalen DeBoer era look like? Yeah. Bo says it best here. It's our state religion, Braden Friday night football in Texas's church. I know I went to a high school that won a five, a state championship in texas I, I played on like the fourth team i i didn't even make it to the fourth team uh but i was like a thursday night football guy you know because middle school played on on thursday nights but in middle school in austin we actually played on westlake's field on like on thursday nights we'd play our games and we thought it was the coolest thing in the world because we were going to be we were going to play on an astroturf field against and this is in the late 90s so it was like an astroturf field in, in like a in like with like crowds of like hundreds of people watching middle school football so I, I agree with you. Drew Brees was my quarterback my freshman year, and we won a state championship. And Westlake, I think, has done – I think it's Cade Klubnick at Clemson. I think it's Nick Foles. Um, they've just churned out people um, uh, at that high school. Lake Travis wasn't even a thing when I was in when I was in high school. <laughs> Lake <laughs> Travis didn't exist. And now it's churned out like multiple NFL right. starters as, as well. Uh, Tyler says, M-I-Z. Good to see you, Tyler. Of course, thanks for joining us. Please share the show, by the way. Uh, we have the Missouri Tigers at 13. I have them at 13. Stephen has them at 15. So take out your anger at Athlon Stephen. Uh, so there you go. You'll have to rewatch, Tyler, our explanation for... Um, oh, that's right. Chase Daniel went to Westlake. That's right. No, did he really? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure Chase Daniel went to Westlake High School? I don't... Maybe he did. I know he was a big-time recruit uh, when he went to Missouri. Okay. I, we're going to piss off uh, Bo here because he wants AM to be next. I don't think that you can make the case for AM next. I think there's only two that are next in my debate. Who do you have next? And, and how did you settle on fourth? Because I think fourth and fifth are their own little mini tier here in the SEC. And I think they're the same program. And I think it's because they're both a little crazy. I went LSU and Florida. All right. For my next two. But. I don't think the next two are that far behind. So I'll be curious to hear who you have four and five and what you think about my assumption there of the next two. Now that I'm looking at this list, because the ones we have left are LSU, Florida, Auburn, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Tennessee. All of them are batshit crazy, except for Oklahoma, really. 
<laughs> Oklahoma's like the the most relaxed yeah. of this entire group. But get but I, I have LSU at four. I think it's pretty obvious that if 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 Les Miles and Coach O can win national championships, you're a pretty damn good program. <laughs> yeah, and, and Nick Saban before that. So their last three head coaches have won national championships, and I would put uh two of those in the um yeah, Not I, so great history of SEC coaches there. Nick Saban obviously yeah. had a different tier. So I, I LSU and Florida is my next order uh, because when Florida is great, they have the best recruiting base maybe of anybody in the entire conference. Their issues are more about sort of around the coach. How many big time boosters do they have to actually pay for things that they need, whether it's NIL now or facilities then or whatever it might be. Like they just they, they were kind of slow on the uptick building an indoor practice facility. Like there's a question about like how deep and old is this fan base? Whereas I don't have that question with Texas or even Texas A&M or Alabama or LSU for that matter. Again, LSU will sort of cross just as many lines as Alabama to win championships. But I, I think and LSU had 40 years of not or 30 years of not being extremely relevant with 1971 to Nick Saban. LSU, I think, won like one conference championship game. So, again, Nick Saban got the rest of LSU's program to understand what they could be. And and that and now, even Brian Kelly is doing a better job of keeping talent in state. Louisiana, from a production standpoint, is a great place to produce talent. I think Florida's slightly better, but I think LSU's better at everything else. I think LSU's better than Florida in almost every other way. But I think Florida has a slightly better recruiting base, so I'll give the nod to LSU. I've got LSU at four. Um, you know, obviously the only power conference program in the state. And not only that, at the high school level, you can really clean up. If you're the head coach at LSU, you should be able to keep the bulk of that uh, talent, four and five star talent at home, dip into Texas, build your roster from there. So great talent base. Um, obviously Death Valley at night's awesome. We mentioned the track record of head coaches. You can win a national title here. My question on Florida is some of the kind of what you hinted at there. And I think if we we touched on this earlier, but I think if we did this list like five, 10 years ago, I think Florida, we might have considered them a little closer to the top tier. But I think it's clear they have fallen behind on some of the facility things. Now, they are trying to catch up for that. Um, Obviously, they had an NIL debacle with uh, Jaden Rashada last year. But they also have to share the state with Miami and Florida State in terms of competing for talent. We're seeing uh, Miami now under Mario Cristobal recruit well. Florida State's trending back up. So um, it's it's a little there's some challenges here, but I still think this is a very much an elite job. And it's even better if they continue to catch up on the facility front. So Bo says, looks like you're going with history. And I would actually disagree with that, because if that's the case, then Oklahoma would be like number two. Uh, or even number one, or on the same tier as number one. Auburn has is one of the only teams on this list that has won a championship recently uh, and competed for multiple championships under multiple coaches. But L- you can't argue LSU's last 30 years. Like their last 30 years is as good as it's better than Florida's, it's better than Texas's, it's better than Georgia's. They won more championships. So I, it's hard to argue with to me with LSU at four. I think the ing- the ingredients, like the argument, I think for LSU is like sort of the same discussion we'll have about Texas and Texas A and M is all the ingredients were there. Yeah, it just yeah. took the right coach to sort of put all those together and to use a Nick Saban yeah. term, bake the cake. And and honestly, A and M and Oklahoma, we're going to have this debate in a second. But I think A and M has moved up the rankings since 2012, moving into the SEC. And I've talked to so many people in, in, in College Station that'll say, like, look, they didn't invest the way they needed to until they got to the SEC, and then they learned, oh, this is what you need to do. 
And I think Oklahoma's going to have like Oklahoma doesn't really have that moment, but I think they've been the most dominant program in their conference for so long that they have to they're going to make an adjustment because they're no longer the the premier program. They're one of the best programs in America, but they're not the the top tier in the conference moving into the SEC because that helps Texas as well. You get a bump and sort of like a knock because Texas has the recruiting base. Oklahoma maybe doesn't, although Dallas is pretty solid. Uh, back to uh, back to Chase Daniel, by the way. South Lake Carroll in Dallas. I knew he didn't go to my high school. Come on. Don't mess with me, Tyler. Don't mess with me. Um, I, I had the next four all together, um, and we'll get to these in a second, but just wrapping up real quickly on Florida. I, if, if Nick Saban is at Florida, as, as was Urban Meyer or Steve Spurrier, Florida can be at like fan base, wins, championship, recruiting base. Florida has so much upside. Uh, they're also one of the young. I don't know if you know this. They're actually. Do you know the oldest program in the conference, Stephen? I don't. Who Who is it? Missouri. Nineteen oh nineteen oh one. By one year, beat all these teams that started in like nineteen oh two. The youngest program in the conference is Kentucky, nineteen fifteen, and Florida is the second youngest program. So Florida, while if you look at their historical numbers, they do have like ten less years than everybody else playing. Um, but again, 87,000 strong, multi, 10 conference championships, even though Florida's only, again, Florida's only been around for like 40 years on the national level competing. Um, again, 16 double digit win seasons, 48 bowl games. Uh, so I think historically you would actually knock Florida, but in their current modern form in the last 25 years, 30 years, two different coaches have won a national championship. Right. That's, there's not many programs that can say that. Yeah. Uh, I think I have Florida at five. I don't think there is much of a gap between like, I think I'd have like Texas at three Florida at five. If I'm doing a national list, they're probably like four three and, and six. seven, maybe, <laughs> yeah, I, right. you know, I think we've, you know, we've touched on this a little bit, but I do think if Florida over the next couple of years, they continue to invest, they continue to do the right things and they turn things around on the field. I know it's not necessarily relevant to this discussion, but I do wonder how close that LSU Florida tier will kind of creep into that Texas, Alabama, Georgia one. Um, because in theory, you could have five five of the top six jobs here, which isn't too surprising in the SEC, would be top, five of the top six nationally. So I will be curious. Uh, in five years, I'm going to call you and ask you what you think about the Florida job if they continue to do the uh, the right things. Honestly, I think there are only three jobs outside of Ohio State. I think it's Florida State, Clemson, and USC. I think are the only three jobs that I would even begin to consider being in this realm. I think Michigan, Penn State, and Notre Dame are are on a tier that is below them because they just do not have the same six hour radius of recruiting base. They just don't, for sure. And 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 it's getting worse. Although Ohio State's clearly got the best one, but like Notre Dame, you pack it. I, I, Notre Dame is like number thirteen or fourteen. Michigan. I, it's almost a testament to what Jim Harbaugh just accomplished that, that, that this is a team that's more like in the 12 to 14 range nationally. Like I, if you told me where I was going to work, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Auburn, AM, I might go to all these places before I'd go to Michigan or Penn State. I would too. Because the recruiting base is so much yeah. better. Um, now, the stability and sort of the academics, it sort of depends on what your brand is, right? If you're more of a, I want to be an educator and you're a student athlete and like all this stuff, then like I see how maybe Michigan or Notre Dame or Penn State is appealing to you. And certainly those are all lovely places to be. I mean, Ann Arbor, I would say, is by far the best city of the group. I think Penn State's got the best fans. Notre Dame's just Notre Dame. 
But like, there's no way you're going to win more at those three than you can at the other ones that we're about to talk about. So six, six, seven, eight, nine. This is really hard. Is it? I'm surprised you have them all okay. clustered together. Okay. All right. Give me t- break. Break it down for me. Tell me what you uh, got. I actually think six and seven are ahead of eight and nine. Not okay. by much, but I think okay. there was a tier. Um, I have Texas A&M at six. Uh, I considered A&M at five. I, I think hmm. this is our sort of the discussion that we had with LSU is they have all the right pieces. I It's hard to understand, like, to your point, they didn't invest maybe as much in football as they should have, and they've turned that around. I mean, they've got everything they need to win. They've got the in-state talent. Um, they've got the facilities. They have the investment, the NIL stuff. You know, I think Texas coming into the SEC probably hurts a little bit. But at the same time, if I'm a head coach and I'm looking at this, I'm and again, I'm the nation's most arrogant head coach, and I'm going to, I know I'm going to win. I'm looking at this going, man, all of the ingredients are there to win at a high level. So I have AM at six, I have Oklahoma at seven. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Oklahoma just being a recession proof program. I mean, just four losing seasons since 1980, they can recruit the heck out of the state of Texas. I know they don't have the in state as the Longhorns or the Aggies, but alignment, that's the word that we've talked some about, but with AD president football coach, I mean, you want to win games. Look at the track record. there: stoops, Wilkinson, Switzer, uh, Lincoln, Riley, uh, Oklahoma just continues to find ways to build winning programs. I have no doubt they'll do it in the SEC. So that's why I've got them at seven. So Tennessee and Oklahoma to me are the same program. They're, they're, they're basically the same program. Um, uh, like they're, I think they're eight, eight and nine all time in wins. Um, they, they are two, two programs that don't necessarily have elite recruiting bases, but like is much better than you think. Like the six hour radius includes a lot more talent than you think it does in Knoxville and in Norman, but they're not like in the heart of Georgia or Florida or Texas. Um, but somehow just absolutely insanely successful programs over multiple decades, right? Like just so many different decades of success. Oklahoma has been far better recently, but I think the question for Oklahoma is, is that more product of the conference? And I don't love doing that as like the SEC SEC thing, but I do think the Oklahoma success, because they are the most, if you look at like the numbers, like they have more conference championships, they, you know, 57 bowl games, 42 10 win seasons, which is nuts, 49 conference titles, 85,000 seat stadium packed all the time. Tennessee is one of the only three that has a hundred thousand seat stadium. That's over capacity when they're best, when they're at their best, Oklahoma's win percentage, 73% of their history, sixth all time in wins. I think if you're looking at history, and success, Oklahoma's at the top of this list. I, I think the question is over the last 25 years, how much of that has been beating up on, you know, Iowa State and Kansas and, you know, at, at the time Baylor was so bad. I, I just don't know. And there has to be an adjustment here moving into the conference. I think I have Tennessee at six. I have Oklahoma at seven. I have AM at eight, Auburn at nine. I think all four of them are about the same. Auburn inside the state being little brother is 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 a knock for me with them but they have also figured out almost every single coach that's been at auburn has figured out a way to compete for a national championship and then ended in a blaze of glory (laughs) so i don't know what to make of that and then a&m is every single ingredient you need to be you know top three on this list but for whatever reason it's never worked like south carolina you just look at this program and you go why like what is what is the thing that's keeping them and holding them back why is it that they keep making 
you know, weird decisions with coaches or, you know, whatever. And being in the SEC, showing, seeing how well they can recruit over the last 10 years, I think is a testament to sort of the, the insight as to where this program could go. I would have all of them in the top 12. All, all of these nine are in the top 12. I think the three that I would put in there would be uh, Ohio State, Florida State, and Clemson, maybe USC. So maybe it's maybe it's nine of the top 13, maybe. So you would have Auburn ahead of Michigan and Notre Dame? I think Dame, so. International I think list. so. Definitely ahead of Notre Dame. Absolutely. I think, I think they're on par with Michigan. I think they're about the same. They're close. Um, I, I, th- I thought doing this – you know, this range six, seven, eight, nine. I thought Auburn was clearly nine, but they're to your point, they're a national champ. They have that national championship DNA. I mean, Gene Chizik led the team. Maybe it was just Cam Newton to a national championship. Um, they have all the things that you want though. I mean, they've got a, yeah. they got a really solid uh, recruiting base to your point that there is the sort of little brother thing. There are also their other rival Georgia's, you know, at the top of college football right now, but there's also this behind the scenes, uh, mess that tends to happen every five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And so that alignment word that we like to talk about, I don't know if it's necessarily been there at necessary times for Auburn. It does feel like maybe they're trying to reverse that with some of the hires that they made, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I thought they were nine, but very solidly a top 15 job for me. I, I love the comparison of Oklahoma and Tennessee because it really is like, it's true. The same. I, I, I have, I hadn't really thought about it until now, but incredibly passionate fan bases when I compare Oklahoma and Tennessee, not to go back to the same word, but the alignment word, but it feels like Tennessee has fixed that with some of the recent hires and sort of gotten their act together over the last couple of years. So stability for Oklahoma has been huge. If Tennessee can get some of that, I think they'll move um, obviously back to being more of a playoff contender on an annual basis. They don't have the, you know, I think the state of Tennessee from a recruiting perspective will get better in the next probably 10 years. We're seeing that population shift much like we saw with Georgia it won't get to uh, Louisiana, Texas talent level, but I do think there are some opportunities with the state growing. And of course, ten- Tennessee's huge, obviously, in the NIL space. So uh, this is a very, very solid job. And if the alignment yeah. right hires are there, Tennessee will be back as a uh, national championship caliber contender again. So I think Bo makes a great point here um, about bad decisions. I'll go with bad decisions. I think talking about Texas A&M and some of the things that have held them back. He's he's an Aggies fan. And then looking, Purple Orca here says, um, tough thing about A&M is that they're in the same woods as Texas. Then Oklahoma has the North Dallas area, which is closer to Oklahoma than Austin by nearly an hour or more. And and look, I, LSU and A&M overlap. Alabama goes into Texas and in Southeast Texas and recruits as well. But I think the reason I went with Tennessee, and it's sort of like a combination of all, because again, we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here. Uh, the team that's had the most on-field success has been Oklahoma. The team that has competed for the championships has been Auburn. A&M, I think, has the most inherent advantages of these four, but the group that I think puts more things together at a higher level, and then there's proof of concept of that over time, is Tennessee. Because Tennessee's the one with the 100,000-seat stadium, the number one biggest brand in the state by a large margin. Uh, they're the ones that have won national championships, multiple coaches over multiple different eras of of team uh, of, of, of football. You look at their resources, second to none. There's very few teams in all of college football, like AM that have the resources that Tennessee has. And to Bo's point about bad decisions, no program on this list or any other list is immune to bad decisions. You you can every every good program with smart people can hire shitty athletic directors and shitty coaches and make terrible decisions at coordinator or recruit the bat. Like we're kind of removing all of that. 
no program is immune to that, although Oklahoma and Ohio State seem to be the least affected by it. But to me, Tennessee and the six-hour radius around Knoxville, people do not realize this. You can get to Richmond, Virginia. You can get to Valdosta, Georgia. You can get almost to Jackson, Mississippi. You can get into deep into Ohio, deep into Kentucky. You can um, you can get to Pennsylvania. Like you can get the six-hour radius around Knoxville is loaded. You can get to the Raleigh-Durham area. You can get to Charlotte. It is loaded with talent around Knoxville. Saturated, Clemson, Georgia, you know, go around the list. There's lots of people that recruit that area, but it is way deeper and more talented within six hours from Knoxville than anybody realizes. So again, I, I'm okay with any order. Honestly, if you think it's Texas A&M, fine. Resources, location, understand that argument. If you think it's Auburn because they've competed for national championships more than these other guys, I'm fine with that. If you think it's Oklahoma because they've been the most consistent and the best winning program over a long period of time, I'm okay with that. I think Tennessee has a little bit more of everything if they are good. If Nick Saban is there in Knoxville, I think Nick Saban wins four national championships at Tennessee, just like he would at Alabama. Where where did you have Tennessee six on the list? I have Tennessee six, Oklahoma seven, AM eight, Auburn nine. Give me your list again. Uh, I have Texas AM at six. I have Oklahoma seven. Tennessee eight, Auburn nine. I I would say this on on the Nick Saban test. If I'm looking at this, if I'm sitting here guessing what Nick Saban would do, he's probably looking at the talent at Texas going, if I got a chance to go to A&M, it's going to be hard to pass it up because of that in-state recruiting base. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I like them over Tennessee. But, you know, Auburn is so interesting because, I mean, like they've had all these challenges with Alabama and Georgia, and yet they've, you know, managed to, I know. I'm going to be successful against B Alabama yearly. It's, it's all, but it's also what drives them freaking bonkers, too. It drives it, them right. insane. <laughs> right. It drives them so insane. And I love you, Auburn. I think Auburn is I, one of the coolest cities in all of college football. It's one of my favorite places in, in the country. I like it way more than Tuscaloosa. Sorry, Alabama fans. <laughs> I like Auburn way more than Tuscaloosa as like a person. Like we're going to watch a game, I'd go to Auburn. I'll go get me some barbecue from the Hound, go have a nice dinner at Acre. Like I'm all about it. I'm all about Auburn over Alabama. But like it messes, it's in the water, man. It's it like there's Terry Bowden went undefeated <laughs> and then got the and entire then, program right. suspended. <laughs> right. Right. Like they are. It's just nuts. It's nuts how they are. Um, Purple Orchard's with you. He says he's more with Steven um, on his list. But all these programs have enough to win. That That is ultimately the most important point. These top nine programs in the conference all can win a national championship on any given year with the right people in place. Yes. And there is no conference in I think all the other three conferences in America, the big ones combined, don't have nine teams that can do this. I think you're talking Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State, Clemson, Florida State, maybe Miami and USC. And then I guess you have to sprinkle in Washington and Oregon. You're, you're talking maybe nine other programs in America that can compete with these nine programs in the conference. So and Kyle, uh, good. To, good to see you, man. Thanks for coming over and joining the show. Thank you. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Tennessee. Because I, th- I feel like you'd probably be the right person to to have a sure. good feel on this. Tennessee with Georgia rising, you also have Alabama under Nick Saban. Tennessee won a national championship in '98, and of course, I don't think Georgia or Alabama or LSU were operating at this level. You also have now Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma in the league. Do you think that that hurts Tennessee at all? I mean, I, I think Tennessee has the right ingredients. But I also think the fact that Georgia and Alabama are just better than they were uh, than 98 or the 90s at times now more consistently will hurt Tennessee to some extent. Do you agree? Are you, are you suggesting Kirby Smart is better than Ray Goff? 
<laughs> yes, and Jim Donnan, by the way. <laughs> um, again, that's more cyclical. Like, if you find your version of Kirby Smart, that's what we're talking about here. Like, if you find right. your Kirby Smart, how good can your program be? If you find your Nick Saban, how good can your program be? And I mean, ten- Tennessee, from a resources standpoint, is on the same level as AM, which is largely second to none. I do think Georgia has a better recruiting base, but again, not that different. Like it's a couple hours drive down the road. You know what I mean? Um, and you got the mountains there, you know, that are like in between that like block the recruits from changing sides. Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't know. I think Tennessee is a more holistic program with a, a better track record of success, but I think they also have a little bit of Auburn in them where they can act a little crazy too, at least in the last 15 years. And when they do that, it's sort of that's what knocks them down to six. Otherwise, it's all it's all cyclical. I don't think you can say. I mean, if Josh Heupel's the right answer, you, you've already seen in two years they can beat Bama, almost win a Heisman, and finish with eleven wins. They would have made the playoff in year number two after being completely irrelevant for fifteen years. They would have been in the playoff had there been a twelve-team playoff in his second season as a coach. So yeah. I think it just takes. Not, you just have to stop hiring people that don't know what asparagus is. Like that's what they got to do. Like Tennessee was was pooping on itself for like the better part of 15 years. Derek Dooley, are you kidding me? Get out of here with that crap. That's that's Ray Goff, you know? I, I, I think that's a it's a good example of just getting out of your own way to yeah. to some extent. Yeah. I mean making bad yeah. coaching hires, bad administrative hires. The resources are there. Um you just got to make the right hires. Yeah, I agree. So my order Bama one, Texas two, Georgia three, maybe the best three in the in the country, LSU four, Florida five, Tennessee six, Oklahoma seven. Texas A&M 8, Auburn 9. I think those nine are top 12, top 13 nationally, so basically all the same. Number 10, Arkansas. Number 11, Ole Miss. Number 12, South Carolina. Number 13, Missouri. Number 14, Mississippi State. Number 15, Kentucky. Number 16, Vanderbilt. Final answer. Steven, what you got? I've got Georgia at 1. I've got Alabama 2, Texas 3, LSU 4, Florida 5, A&M 6, Oklahoma 7, Tennessee 8, Auburn 9, Arkansas 10, Ole Miss 11, South Carolina 12, Kentucky at 13, Mississippi State 14, Missouri 15, and Vanderbilt at 16. Well, thank you guys all for uh, watching the show, hanging out with us, listening. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much. Please rate, review, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, please give us a subscription button there and then share the show. Give us a thumbs up. We do appreciate it. Uh, And of course, if you're watching somewhere else, Facebook, Twitter, share it with somebody and say, look at these idiots. They they don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) It's totally fine. Uh, uh, Bo says, Braden, you need to you need to go to an A&M game with me. I'm happy to. I've I've toured the facilities down there. It's wonderful. I'm all about it. It's a crazy, loud, obnoxious and wonderful place. I would love to go to a game. No question about it. And to and to wrap up. Purple says it right. Purple Orca, as all good seafaring animals do (laughs) got to have the right coach man you got to have the right coach and that is absolutely ultimately what it all comes down to you got to hire the right guys and if you hire the right guys you can win national championships thank you guys all for listening gotta run have a great week steven where can people find you you can follow me on twitter at aflon steven and be sure to check out my youtube page all cfb 365 well thank you so much for hanging out steven always a pleasure thanks for having me man Uh, Thanks for watching. Get to me, of course, at Braden Gall, uh, at 440 Sports as well. Got all kinds of cool stuff coming up on the the YouTube page. Check that out. Uh, Otherwise, have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you guys all for watching. Do appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks.